life. I actually remember one jealous moment. Oh, you do? You spoke of it last week when Leonardo tried to pick her up in the oh. <laughs> Who did? Leonardo. DiCaprio. So I was, uh... I remember actually, I remember when I told you, you were like, remember that conversation we had about um, hall passes? Hall passes? You're, you're not allowed any. Yeah, you don't get any anymore because yeah. this is now how you can achieve. Oh my God. So my... Welcome to Parenthood, where our lives and stories aren't perfect, but very real. I'm your host, Leonie Akidanor, and each week I'll be peeling back the often silent struggle we face as parents and bringing you guilt-free conversations to help you feel seen and heard. It's like group therapy. Leave your judgment at the door. Let's begin. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. It's so good to have you both on. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thank you for making it work virtually. <laughs> yeah. So for those listening, I have both Steph and Josh on uh, the podcast with us today. Um, a lot of you would know Steph. Um, if you don't, you've probably been living under a rock, but um, <laughs> she is, she's the co-host of KickPod and KickBump, the co-founder of the Kick app, um, offering thousands of workouts, meditations, recipes, and programs, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so I've got you both here today, which I'm absolutely ecstatic about. I know how difficult it is when you've got a little one to juggle and work <laughs> and things like that. So we're trying to smash this out before Harvey wakes up from his nap. So really appreciate you guys taking the time. Thank you. He's only just gone down, so we should yeah, be sweet. We should be right. <laughs> so basically, um, Josh, more for your benefit, actually, because I did mention this to Steph uh, last time when I was on her podcast uh, recently. <laughs> so we are the Parenthood Pod, and basically... Basically, we I speak a lot to both mums and dads about how their lives have basically changed since becoming parents, and we really look to smash the stigma that you know uh, of challenges that parents face. Because although it is such a beautiful, sweet ride, and we love our little ones so much, there are obviously a lot of life changes that come with that. And I think the more we talk about those challenges and normalise them, the more we feel less alone in those struggles. So that's kind of the premise of the podcast. Um, so. What I thought I'd do with you guys today is bring up a few hot topics that our audience have often bring to us and get your take on it based on your experience as parents. So uh, let's kick it off. So uh, the first topic uh, I often have, particularly when couples come on, um, there's often this thing around, you know, the birth mum, she's just given birth, you know, it, your whole life is spun upside down. It's the most beautiful experience, but also quite challenging as well. And um, there can sometimes have be this feeling of resentment, you know, it's irrational, I guess, resentment in a way of that feeling when your partner is able to escape and, I don't know, go to work or do other things and you're so tied to this little one and you can barely get to the bathroom alone, right? Like, it, you know, it's a really big <laughs> pressure. So I was just curious from both of your um, sides of things and particularly yourself, Josh, um, being the primary carer as well, do you ever have mixed feelings about being the one at home and, and Steph, even from your point of view, being the one going to work? Yeah. I mean, from the beginning, uh, we'll probably start there. Harvey's two now, but in the early stages, he was born during lockdown in COVID. So we were kind of both stuck at home, like mm. couldn't go anywhere or do anything. So I think I was speaking to someone the other day. I'm actually so grateful for the timing of when we had Harvey and the fact that we were in lockdown because 
it meant that we both got to spend so much quality time with him and also with little distractions from like multiple Mm. visitors just dropping by and everything like that. Um, And I had a lot of friends whose partners would have traditionally gone back to work and missed a lot of that time fairly quickly. Obviously, Josh and I, bit of a different situation um, as we'd recently left a company, which was his full-time job. So he, regardless of whether we were in lockdown, was going to be around to to help share the load. But I do think it was mm. it was a really nice way to kind of start the journey together because it meant that we both kind of had the same. Obviously, I was breastfeeding. Well, not obviously, I was breastfeeding. I was lucky enough to. Um, and so I think other than that, we really shared the rest of the load, like changing diapers, like washing his clothes, um, doing all that sort of stuff. That was all very much equally shared from the beginning. So. Um, bit different, I suppose, to to some other people's stories. But how do you find it now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, going back to the point of, um, I mean, I wouldn't say like resentment, but when Steph leaves for the morning, there's definitely times when, like for work, yeah, when yeah, mm. Steph leaves and we both wave goodbye at the driveway, and <laughs> there's definitely days where I'm like, oh man, I wish I was pulling out the driveway to go to work <laughs> with colleagues or whatever I've been doing. I mean, my my line of work was very different back when I was doing as much. Um, heavily based around like entertainment and parties and whatnot. So I was very uh, out there and kind of like an extroverted lifestyle I was living in. But so it's not resentful, but there's definitely days where I was like, I'd love if we could just swap today. (laughs) Yeah. And there's definitely days that I'm driving away and I'm seeing them waving at me, knowing that like they're about to just go to the park or something. And I'm like, oh God, I wish I could stay home. So I think it's always the way. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm interested because obviously, Josh, you're in such an extroverted role, I guess, previously. How did you go with the adjustment of sort of being home and how do you sort of, I guess, get that, you know, tick the box on the social mm, front yeah. as well? Um, I mean, at the start, it was it was very challenging because it was, it was so polar, like polar opposite from being, like, you know, travelling and parties and events and so many people in my life every single day to me and a, and a newborn baby who couldn't speak to me. <laughs> so there's, there was days and days where you're at home and particularly when Seth first back to work, back to work and I was like, all right, now I'm just on my own all day. And he was still like a little baby. He wasn't um, walking or anything. Yeah, he wasn't walking. Yeah. So it was still like just so quiet in the house. And, and um, but I mean, there's a massive difference between then and now, now that he's two and he can go out and do lots of things now. And it's only one nap a day instead of two. So my uh, like life has changed a lot in the last even six months with him. Um, it's a lot more enjoyable, rewarding because, you know, I get a lot back from him now where obviously at the start you don't get much back besides pooey nappies. <laughs> I think it's also different because you, I mean, you've, you've spoken a lot over the last two years about like your feeling of being lonely, I think, mm. because I think if I was in your situation, there's a couple of girlfriends of mine who I would be able to catch up with, go to the park, go get a coffee because they've also got little ones and they would be mm-hmm. at home. Whereas for you, you don't really have a dad community. I mean, there's a few friends that are starting to have kids. So you've you've got them, but also a lot of them work and they're not the primary yeah. parents. And also too, they don't live, the ones that I do have who have kids um, don't live that close by. Yeah. So it's always hard to navigate with the two naps a day anyway, because by the time you drive, 30 minutes and then grab a lunch you're already like <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go and yes. it's almost like why am I even here <laughs> yeah, yeah but like that's like a no point before it's a lot different now I can do a lot more and, yeah. and venture out and 
see people who are available on a work day. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like, any hot tips for parents, you know, for stay-at-home parents who are sort of feeling lonely or a little out of their depth or missing that prior life, like, what would you say to them? What about the gym? Yeah, I mean, um, that's that's another thing that, you know, helped me along the way. I joined up um, with a gym, so I, I, I try to go in the mornings um, when I can. You probably is, go um, three to five days a week. Yeah, so I, I get out of the house at 5.45 and that's me, you know, me time with adults talking crap and, and, and doing something to then come you home. You go to the gym and, with a lot of your friends too. Yeah, so a lot of school yeah. friends and whatnot. But other than that, I spend a lot of time on FaceTime with like, I mean, my brother works by um, on his own in office, so he sometimes just sits on FaceTime with Harvey and my mum or, or whatever, aunties and uncles. Yeah. So that's always good just to knock out half an hour and catch up with people and it's also good. Harvey's always familiar with everyone who's not, you know, particularly living in our state or whatnot. So. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because I think, Going into parenthood, I'd had only a few friends who had gone through it, but what I had learned from them was that balance between two roles when one person is going back to work and the other one isn't and how they manage it and their struggles. And unfortunately, and I know this is really common, but the person who was often going back to work would also be the person that like got to go to the gym or would say, hey, I'm, I'm going to be home late tonight because I'm going to go for dinner or something and would make these plans without kind of scheduling them in or mm. talking about it. And I think because we went into this, you know, very much equal, this this has got to work for the both of us, I know that I get that kind of adult time throughout the day and I can be social at work. Um, and so I try and make sure that, for example, the mornings for him to go to the gym We've got a very early riser with Harvey. It might mean that there's a lot of mornings I don't necessarily get to get my workout in. However, I get my my time with Harvey. And if I can juggle the two, awesome. But my priority is making sure that Josh does get that time because then I know for the rest of the day he's, you know, one responsibility is Harvey. And then mm. on the weekends we try and really balance it out with like, if you want to catch up with your friends or if I'm catching up with mine, it's all open conversations. And I think that's... That's why I'm pretty proud that we've been yeah, like that because it kind of allows us both to know that we can make plans with friends, and it, but it's just got to be spoken about. Um, can't mm. just assume that you can, you know, put yeah. that on someone else. Yeah, it sets you up for the day though as well, don't you reckon? Like getting that workout mm-hmm. out, you know, you, Josh, yeah. would probably be like, okay, I'm like, you know, I'm feeling yeah. fresh, ready to go, and yeah. then, yeah, you know, kick on. Um, okay, so curious. I mean, do you have plans, Josh, just just curious? Like did you do you have like a timeline? Like I want to be around until Harvey starts primary school and then I'll look to do the new thing or, or like have you even really thought about that? Yeah, um, basically. Uh, not not in too much uh, depth. Um, I guess I'll be available as long as I need to be um, at the minute, and I'm lucky to be able to, to be available yeah, for that. Yeah, very fortunate. We're in a position where I can kind of balance yeah. the load with just my income. And then outside of that, um, yeah, I'm sure once Harvey's in school, then I'll move back into something that I used to do or, or who knows actually. But there's something that you're working on now which is kind of yeah. unknown how much it's going to pick up you Correct. know, how regularly you will need to be available for that. It yeah. could it could end up being a full-time job. Yeah. At the moment, it's something that he can very much balance with still being at home with Harvey. So yeah, for sure. we'll just navigate that. But we've, that, again, that's been another conversation I've always said to Josh, 
because he's always been someone that needs to be doing something. Mm. So as soon as you get that itch or if you're unhappy, like we can sort something out, we can send him to daycare, we can, Mm. you know, let's talk about it. So he knows that it's there. I'm lucky enough to have things going on, um, you know, not your standard nine to five work, but I do have things that that I've been working on and work on, you know, also weekly. So there's been enough to keep me... Keep your mind. Keep my mind ticking outside (laughs) of just uh, going mad. Yeah, yeah. I can relate to that. I started a podcast uh, when my second was six weeks old because I was like, I need to do something like my, you know, something Mm. that's mentally stimulating as well, right? Like it's, yeah, yeah, for some people it's more important than for others. Um, I'm curious as well because uh, I actually would be interested in whether you guys have ever discussed what your love languages are. (laughs) And if, for example, quality time was one of them, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot harder now. I mean, look at, you know, we've got work, we've got baby we've got all the things so I was just curious do you know what your love languages are and how do you navigate those with parenthood yeah quality time was definitely on both of our lists it was my Mm. top one um and for me that's just like that's time aside where we're generally spending quality time together and sometimes um if I'm having a busy week or a bit stressed, it can be the thing that unfortunately gets deprioritized, um, which we spoke about a little bit on, on kick bump. Um, but also your quality time is also like us, but it's also important that you get me quality time yourself. Oh yeah. Like, me time. <laughs> my yeah, my like, love language is but like my time. Be but, my myself. But it's true. But it's like, but that's always like, that's always like access service as well. Cause that's also something that's for both of us. But like for me, if Josh somehow makes an effort to give me my time, like to get a workout in or like, I don't know, set the bath up. I, yeah. I'm like, that's a love language. But and for Josh, <laughs> it's that. And it's also like definitely acts of service is one of Josh's, but also physical touch um, is like quite a big one for you. You're very affectionate. <laughs> yes. And well, unfortunately, but... it's yeah. something that um, I need to consciously <laughs> make effort to do and it's it's weird to say because like he's my yeah. soulmate and I've, I've honestly loved him since I was like 13 years old so I yeah I just think we're a little bit different in that hmm. yeah <laughs> we uh we bonded over this Josh when we were talking <laughs> Steph and I were talking last on the podcast um around that because similarly my husband Jules is like loves the affection and all of that and I think that's why I was drawn to him because mm. like mm. I I I do love affection, but I probably d- didn't come as easily or as naturally. And so therefore I was like, I love that quality in you. Mm. And it's interesting, like when you become parents and particularly as the birth mother, and mm. if you are breastfeeding on, even actually if you're not, there's so much touch from the baby, right? And yeah. particularly if you're breastfeeding, they're like sort of all over you a lot. And, you know, and so you can often feel maxed out by touch. And so mm. it, is a little bit trickier to navigate if your partner's, you know, love language is that affection piece. You Mm. kind of have to be super aware of it because it won't be as natural as pre-kids. I don't, like, what is your experience with that from both of your viewpoints? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely different. And I think it's funny because prior to having Harvey, I used to hear of, like, parents kind of scheduling in their, like, And I know when we're talking about physical touch or or affection, it's not always sex, but like Mm. often you'd have to like actually schedule in sex for like Saturday afternoon or whatever when the kid's (laughs) napping. And I used to (laughs) laugh at that thinking like, oh my God, I couldn't do that. Like where's the spontaneity or, you know, but now it's like, that's actually the the best time to to do it because, and and it's also like for us, we've noticed that when we haven't had 
um, you know, kind of regular intimacy. We're on edge. We get frustrated with each other really mm. easily. Yeah. Um, and when we've kind of made effort to do things like that, it, it does really change the mood. Mm. Um, and we actually ended up, because we went through a bit of a dry spell and didn't really <laughs> know how to get started again, we decided to do a 30-day intimacy challenge. And that was, I think Harvey was one at that point. It was probably like one and a half or one-ish. Mm. And we did it. And at the start, I was very like apprehensive. I was like, I don't know about this. I'm, I've got too much on it with work. I'm like barely fitting in workouts. How am I going <laughs> to And um, But we did it. And like there was definitely points where it was like challenging because mm. it's. I, I think it's... My, biggest, my biggest takeaway from that was I think because you come, you've always got that in your mind that, we need to get this done today. Like a task. We, I think just naturally we treated each other a lot better. Like there's no, there's a lot less bickering. There's a lot yeah. less anything because it's like, if you know that that's like on our to-do list Agenda. for today, then <laughs> you, you, you don't engage in things that's going to make that harder. So yes, I think overall it true. was really um, good in that aspect. I think it like, I don't know, a lot less picky about little things that, you know, you know, it's yeah. like a lot less bickery because it's like, oh, you know, I don't know. You but know. Yeah, I, I know. I, I do agree. And I think that what it did as well was after the challenge, because like everyone was asking us afterwards, like, oh, so are you still having sex every day? Absolutely not. It's pretty much gone back <laughs> to once a week. Um, but yeah. for us, it was more like it reignited that spark it re mm. it reminded us of how important it is um we probably were more affectionate with each other mm. you know in the week even if it wasn't sex it was like we were just yeah. hugging and kissing more and because mm. i think it was almost like we got this opportunity where we could we could like kiss again and it not have to like lead to much more because yeah. that I was part of the challenge really good thing to like <laughs> entertain after having a kid yeah, it was, it, was it was great for us, but it has to be, you know, it has to be the right time. I have a lot of girlfriends yeah. who, you know, got that six-week clearance from the doctor, but then they didn't mentally feel mm. ready. And, like, you've just, mm. it's got to take time. And, yeah, I think for us it, it definitely needed to be after that, like, first year um, mm. <laughs> to it's, do a challenge yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's such a hot topic, isn't mm. it? Because everyone's got their journey around mm. how mm. they kind of reconnected after all of that. And just like listening to you both, I mean, I'm, yeah, I didn't do the challenge, but I very much was, it was very high on my sort of um, level of priority because I was kind of like, I don't, I feel like the longer we go without even affection full stop, I feel the harder it will be to yeah. get back into it. It's almost like it becomes a bit jarring because you haven't, you know, been affectionate mm. for a period of time. So, I mean, I always recommend even, you know, for those of you who aren't ready to have sex necessarily, it's, mm. you know, it might be the, the kiss as we say hello, the kiss as we say goodbye or the hand on the back or the, you mm. know, the hug or just something, just, you know, instances where you can show that you're not just roommates, yeah. you are actually <laughs> a couple, <laughs> you know, what, you know, think about what can, you know, you can do. That's these little actions that can sometimes lead up to something more. Um, I'm curious as well, because everyone is so time poor as parents. Do you, are you able to get away for, you know, a date night or a walk alone or whatever that could look like? How do you prioritize that in your busy schedules? Yeah, we are so fortunate with the help. I think it really helps that our we're the first in our family mm. um, to have a child. And Josh also has three siblings. 
Um, so we have, we have lots of people we can call on and they're all so obsessed with Harvey. And, um, as I said, don't have children of their own. So, and and I've got a brother as well. So it's the, the load is definitely shared and they're always, always offering to babysit. So we've got them. My mum also comes over. I want to say every Thursday nights, probably 80% of the time, Thursday nights, and then she'll stay for either half the day, Friday or the full day, Friday sometimes as well. Mm. And so that gives Josh some time. Like he, he always makes Friday kind of his like running errands or getting work done or yep. playing golf if you've planned that with your friends I can, yeah. Um, yeah. and gives Harvey that time with his Nana as well. Um, but yeah, we are extremely fortunate to have hands to help. So mum often reminds us as well, like she'll message me Wednesday of the week and be like, remember I'm coming over tomorrow if you and Josh wanted to go for dinner or something like mm. do, do that. So sometimes it takes mm. other people reminding us, but it is something we try and we be could probably, We could of. probably be better. We could probably be better. Yeah. We're probably running on about one date night a month at the moment, mm. but we also get like we've we've got very, like we've got the same friendship groups and stuff like yeah. that. So we've had a lot of weddings, a lot of things where yeah. we haven't had Harvey for potentially two nights at some stages. So it hasn't been yeah. it's been pretty good lately. We're I mean, even lucky. on the weekend we had a thirtieth and we both went out and my brother had him, and so mm. we um. It was so nice because his brother stayed the night and also took the morning shift. Yeah. So we were oh, both in bed till 9 That's 45. the ultimate gift for anyone. <laughs> Take the sun in I can't even. <laughs> oh, 9.45. I don't remember the last time I was in bed till 9.45. Oh, you would have felt like absolute, like, you <laughs> royalty. <laughs> we, were, we were really hungover. We were very hungover. But we got up and it just it felt so good this night. It was just taking care of him. He, he'd had, he'd yes. had breakfast and he'd been playing and it was good. Oh, so good. Um, curious. I mean, what advice would both of you give for – I actually want to start with you first, Josh. So you said – we started off saying you're quite an affectionate person generally. Let's say, you know, someone's in your shoes where their partner perhaps is less affectionate, um, is paying them a bit of less attention because of the baby, uh, doesn't have the opportunity to do the date nights as frequently as you would like, etc. I mean, I'm thinking about some of the dads listening even because I've often a lot of dads that come on. I mean, I've had a dad say, look, I thought she just didn't love me anymore. Like during mm. our hard spot, I literally thought we've had this baby. I'm not sure how long our relationship's going to last. Like, and that was a really raw conversation that we had and his um, wife was, was there and in- interesting to get both of their takes. But I mean, this is the reality, right, Of mm. and particularly if we don't have the support and the village supporting us. So to those people who might be in the, that shoes, I'm sort of putting you on the spot a bit, Josh, but little things that you think might be helpful, um, mm. is, does yeah. anything come to mind? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, there's definitely stages where, like, I might feel that and, and predominantly those times come when Steph's stressed. So I try to do little things and lots of them that I know she likes, whether that's like, like she said, run the bath or Harvey and I pick her flowers or <laughs> we draw a picture or little, little things like that, that I know are so simple and not hard to do, but I know that she likes and appreciates. And I think that in turn you get, you naturally get back, I guess what you're aiming to get. Cause she's, you know, in a better mood or happier mm-hmm. or you just take, I don't know. It's always in my, in our relationship, it comes from those times come from when she's stressed and yes. busy so if you can eliminate stress in any way, then or, or you know frazzle, then when she's relaxed and whatever, then everything else kind of follows suit. So yeah, and for me, it's kind of I mean on the same light, I am trying to be more conscious of not using Josh as my stress ball either. It's so hard because 
he's my number one support and he's he's always there and he's always he always knows what to say and stuff but um yeah sometimes I that's something I need to consciously do is try and work through things in ways that I'm not just going to like let it all out on him. Um, and I think for me, um, I mean, we have had some of those instances where I was, you know, very almost like not here with, for him. And he was like, what's going on? And I think it's, it is definitely something that you need to consciously talk about and think about because for me, um, it is a very different love. Like the love that I feel for Harvey is different to the love I feel for Josh, but it has shifted the way I feel for Josh because it's almost like I I love him more in ways because he's like, he's always been my favorite kind of person, but seeing him as a dad is like the most magical thing. And it's just made me like fall in love with him in a whole different light. Mm. Um, But then that might be like overcrowding the, the lust love, like the, I don't know, the sparky kind of love that maybe we had prior. And it's like you got to remind yourself of of different things that you felt for this person and be conscious of it um, because that's the last thing that I ever want is to hear that he feels that, you know, he, I might be losing that or something like that. It's just that there's I've got more love now to give that's because it, I'm now sharing it with another there's human two as guys well. in the house. There's too many in my life. <laughs> It's funny, Steph comes home from work sometimes, like, oh, man, kisses him on the lips and just gets about a mic, hey, I'm, I'm also here. Like, Love you. Yeah, can I have my kiss too? Yeah. Briefly interrupting this episode to thank today's sponsor, Ergo Pouch. If you haven't heard of the Australian sleepwear brand Ergo Pouch, they make premium, certified organic and natural fibre TOG-rated sleepwear and sleep solutions. We've been using Ergo Pouch sleeping bags for our boys in our home for the last five years, basically their entire lives. They're an absolute staple in our household. Why? Well, because as you would know, little children will often throw off their sheets and blankets throughout the night. Then they wake up then you wake up and everyone's lost their sleep. With the Ergo Pouch sleeping bags, it ensures that our children are kept warm and snug at the right temperature throughout the night. Each pouch is TOG rated and comes with a what to wear guide, empowering parents to feel confident in making safe sleep decisions. Ergo Pouch has just launched their new range of timeless heritage prints, curated exclusively in-house in Melbourne, Australia. I personally love that they have matching prints for both mums and bubs of all ages. What makes Ergo Pouch an absolute institution in the sleepwear world is the quality and sophisticated look and feel of each product. The new prints reflect this. There are a mix of colour palettes, whether you're into a playful, nature-inspired print like Daisy's or a muted, timeless oatmeal marl you'll be sure to find a print to suit your nursery. If you'd like to hear more about Ergo Pouch, head to ergopouch.com.au and we'll pop the details in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, like it's that's the reality, right? And they'll and things will ebb and flow in your relationship. Yeah. And I don't know, I, when you guys think of a tough spot that you may have been in, you know, throughout the years of being together, you know, what do you think helped, you know, uh, they always say communication is yeah. best and, and communicate when you're feeling not frazzled, you know, when you're feeling like you're even-tempered and you can actually have a productive conversation. But, you know, has there been times that you look back on and go, wow, like that really worked, we handled that well, that might support others? 
Yeah. I mean, what you just said about communicating and then also making sure it's like the right time to communicate is something yeah. that we've both learnt. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. We're, we are good communicators. I mean, that, that saying, you know, don't go to bed angry as much as we have arguments at night. We, I mean, I want to say like always it's sorted out before we go to sleep. Even if it means that we both roll over and we're facing opposite directions for a good 15 minutes, it's, one of us will give in and be like, yeah. no, nah, we're not going to sleep. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so um, it's, it's, I, it's, I would it's agree. It's cliche, but it's communication and, and mm. open and honest conversations always win. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. I think if, just if you sometimes. you don't, then it just, it just causes more. It's true. If you hold on to things and there's things that you wanted to say, but you don't get them across, you'll just stew on them and yeah. resent the person for not just like understanding that without you having to voice it. Like, also yes. too, I think like how you read my mind. Yes. <laughs> in, in our past, I think if there's anything that's more than just a bickering conversation that needs to be addressed, we often like write to each other a lengthy message yeah. where you can actually get out exactly what you're trying because. When you're trying to have a conversation and you get defense back or whatever, you end up off topic and just being a bit like spontaneous and you know ranty. Where if you actually take the time to write out, this is exactly how I'm feeling, then you can absorb it yeah. and then respond, whether it's that night or whatever. So, and I think we're getting better at swallowing our egos because I think sure. that's the one thing is like when we're in a fiery argument about something, it's like I'm I so think I'm right. And he so thinks he's right. So it's like, no matter what he says, I'm like, you're not hearing me. And then whatever I say, he's like, you're not hearing me. Yeah. So I think that's where sometimes we take a breath. We literally separate. And sometimes I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll start by writing like a really long message. And sometimes he's so fiery that he's like, don't write me a message. Don't write me a message. I'm like, that's coming. You know, it's coming. Um, you just see the typing thing. The I'm dots, up on this replying yeah. like, don't write me a message. <laughs> But it's nice to hear you, you admit that sometimes it is best because it is our way of like actually giving each other the time mm. to get it all out on the table and mm. then we reconvene and we talk about it. We talk it through in person, but at least we've we've had our say and yeah. um it's like it's practice though. It's like it's practice. And, and pride because most <laughs> arguments are because people are stubborn. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you can just and- swallow swallow that then Again, you're better off. Mm. Oh, 100%. I love that idea of the letter writing. I would often write it like, yeah, write my thoughts down in like a journal or something, mm. again, to shift through the crap and yeah. actually get to the crux of what the issue is and get more in solution mode, as mm-hmm. you said, versus that pride ego mode that just doesn't yeah. help anyone. Yeah. I'm curious as well because, I mean, obviously both of you had big jobs and, you know, Steph, very demanding career currently and things like that. How do you try, I mean, it'd be so hard, as you were saying earlier, not to bring the stress home and not to, and like to snap out of work mode and get into family mode and things like that. Like, you know, that would resonate with a lot of people. Mm. Are there things that you sort of do to help shift your, you know, or do you, are you just really mindful if you are talking too much about work or like, I don't Mm. know. I'm just curious as to how you navigate that. Yeah, it's hard because I think one thing that I try and do to navigate that is to not talk too much about work when I'm home. But then unfortunately what happens with that is then I forget that I haven't spoken to Josh about things and like some big exciting things will be happening at work. And like we might be hanging out with uh, Laura and Dalton, so Laura, my business partner, and she might be like, oh, Josh, have you heard about this? And Josh is like, no, I don't know. And then I'm like, oh, oh shit, I haven't like shared enough um, because it is like I want to share the exciting things, even the downtimes. Like he's he's my he's my person. Like um, he helps me through that stuff. And I think because I've been so cautious of trying to be able to switch off in some ways, I've taken that too far sometimes and then like not really like brought him along the journey on things. So that's also something I'm navigating. Um, But other than that, I think the only way 
for what I do in particular, um, obviously outside of the day to the day, sorry, outside of the day to day with kick with, um, you know, running the business with laws and then having a team to manage like a lot of social media and content and stuff. That's a big part of my job as well and sharing my life. So it's really hard to find that, I suppose, line or time that I can switch off. And the only way that I can do it is by putting my phone away. Like if I'm actually honest and like got a hundred percent switch off, I need to put my phone away. Um, And that can be really hard because we have an app that I want to make sure that everyone can access at any hour. And so for me, it's like really important that if a message comes through from from someone at nine o'clock um, in our Slack channel and our work Slack channel and the devs are jumping on it and they're like, oh my gosh, there might be a bug. Like that's important to me to be aware of and to be able to action something. Or So it's hard. It's hard to find it when you run your own business, but we, we make it work and we just make sure that those times where I can switch off and put my phone away, like I've yeah. thought ahead and I've planned the time so that when I do that, I don't feel anxious that I'm missing something. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, you know, the other night we did that and we played three and a half hours of Monopoly. Oh, I love that. That's so old school. Yeah. Like we were like. It was, it was um, wine and Monopoly for three yeah, hours. Yeah, we were like, you know what? Let's play a board game. <laughs> we've, we've, yeah. We've clocked Netflix. So yeah, let's, let's, let's go, let's go back. Off. We didn't even have music on no. and we yeah. both put our phones away and played three and a half hours of Monopoly. Like oh, it was, it was so nice. That. Yes. <laughs> and what about you, Josh? Like do you find that there are instances where you're kind of like, oh, that's a lot of work chat. How do I turn this around to be a bit more relaxing family time? Like a- yeah. any sort of guidance you could give there? Yeah, it is, it is a it's it, I find it hard sometimes to to deal with it because I mean obviously I'm I'm like I've discussed alone most of the day and when Seth's home I'm like all right now just give me give talk me give me. me talk to me <laughs> but not about work but sometimes about work and then I'm like <laughs> you know it, it's, it's 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 a really fine balance because I obviously appreciate exactly what she's got going on and she can't just be you know I don't care about that I'm just going to be over here and it just doesn't work like that so I get that but I mean, I'm only a human too, so naturally you crave attention and yeah. and whatnot. Um, so it's just again, pick your battles. And yeah. I mean, we we try to have our <clears throat> excuse me, try to have like nice weekends where we go up, up to the river and whatnot, and that's our real like quality family time. So I guess it's just you know work weeks or work day. weeks and yeah. Yeah, and I need to be better at like choosing what I am sharing when I come home from work because I think sometimes I come home. And I don't want to talk about work anymore. Like I'm, I'm through it. Um, and so he might ask how my day is. And I, it reminds me of when I came home from school and my mom would be like, how's your, how's the day? And I'd be like, good. And she's like, what'd you get up to? What'd you do? Talk to me. And like yes. Now I feel bad because I'm like, oh my God, now I'm doing that to Josh. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's also like about not wanting to be, I suppose, just bring up stresses or anything like that. And but that's again, a responsibility I need to take on board because I can you can pick her mood very easily. So if it's at all stressful, then we go back to what I said before. You need to do something else to lower yeah. that down because then you get, get the affection or the quality yeah. time. Yes. So it's just about being a mastermind on how to control or yeah. understand Steph's head. Start picking those flowers so that yeah. you can, you know. I'm like, it's, I'm, it's, it's night time. I'm down the street getting flowers yeah. <laughs> with a torch. Yeah. So I'm curious as well. I mean, obviously you guys are a high-profile couple, right? So how do you juggle how much of your lives you share with the public versus what you'd like to keep private? 
Mm. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely something that we constantly have to talk about. I think also because of the podcast that Laura and I have, um, which we're both very open and honest on, um, and we love to be that way. And we, we've kind of always been that way, even through social media, but a podcast is just another another level, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's something that we constantly have to have conversations about. Like, for example, when we did the intimacy challenge, I asked Josh if he'd be happy if I spoke about it. And he was like, can we at least get halfway before you do? Like, let's just at least see how we're going and how I feel and then ask me. And yeah. that's kind of what we did. So sometimes it's like that. But um, we're very different in that way. I think I am a lot more open um, and comfortable to be that way. You're a bit more private. Yeah. I've, um, it's interesting. I mean, obviously coming my previous role, I was very like a lot like Steph, heavily on social media every single day. It was important to share my life and just share everything I was doing and where I was going, all that type of stuff. Mm. But I it think, was more of like a, a character. It wasn't like you didn't like show show you much of your downs or anything like that. Like it was still. Yeah. I, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I guess I'm now I'm not so much. Um, I mean, I still work on social media, so it's still important that I have a show some face as far as, you know, showing up for it. But um, mm, yeah. it's interesting. I don't, um, I, I've just changed me a lot. I don't actually think to do it now like I used to, which I think is really nice. Um, yeah. I definitely spend probably too much time on it still, but that's just, you know, standard addiction on social media. Everyone has, but <laughs> yeah. I don't, um, I don't feel the need to share my life like I used to, which mm. is actually nice. I, I, I enjoy that. And I guess, I guess I'm lucky in our situation that I don't have to as much um and i'm sure you'd probably love to just not have to worry about it for a week or whatever but one day <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's yeah it's it's a it's interesting i mean we've had times where i don't know you feel like everyone's watching you through your front window of your house yeah it's a bit like over it's too much sometimes and people get nosy but i don't know i think as time goes on with how many people are on social media people are understanding boundaries to some extent yeah. i think it's not as invasive as it used to be um I even feel like people who see us in the street and whatnot who want to say hello or whatever, it's a lot more polite than what it used to be. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. That people whole, are more like, conscious of it, I think. Celebrity thing, who's to run up and can't get a photo and just throw a front, you know, camera in your face yeah. and all that. I think it's not like that anymore. Yeah, I think that people used to expect a lot more, like they'd get like angry if you didn't do like yeah. a house tour or like, mm. you know, just little things like that. Whereas I think people are a little bit more conscious They're respecting now. your boundaries a lot more than what it used to be, I think so. Um, but it is like, I also think that because you're such a emotionally open person with all your friends and families and like, he's not someone who hides his feelings. You talk about everything. Mm. You'll cry in front of someone. Like you're, mm. you're very open in that way. It's almost like you get enough of that with your, with your close friends and family, people you trust is in, yeah. you know, honest feedback or yeah, yeah. talking to people and venting your things that you don't necessarily feel the need to do that on social media, mm -hmm. which is fine. Which is a cool place to be as well. As you said, Josh, like, you know, I don't, you don't necessarily go straight to, oh, mm. I should post this or I should put a, yeah. a story up or anything. It's got, you've kind of got that separation, which mm -hmm. is a, yeah. probably a nice place to be. Yeah. I'm curious because there are always the trolls, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like they come, I feel like the more successful you get, the more trolls you <laughs> get, right? It's just, just the keyboard warriors who always have something to say about someone. How do you guys deal with the trolls is it as simple as like just you know delete and block or what are you guys yeah doing with that these days yeah that's my that's my delete and block is definitely my the best thing advice yeah. that you, I could possibly give however yeah. when you get 
caught on a bad day where you might be feeling insecure or unsure about something already and then someone hits a nerve, it can be really hard not to. If it's about things that I don't necessarily value or care much about, then, like, I don't think twice about it. But, for example, if someone was to message me something about my method of being a mother or, like, and they come across in a way that's, I almost feel like I could say something and educate them at this moment. Sometimes I'm like, I really want to put the effort in. However, I've noticed that like 80% of the time people are pretty stuck with their opinion. And even when you do try and get them Mm -hmm. to see another view, they're like, they'll push back again. And then it's just not worth your time. And so I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm accepting that everybody's really different. Everyone likes different things, thinks different things. Mm -hmm. um, And you can't please everyone. And so I try and block and ignore them. Um, as much as possible. I feel like you're, whenever I, I come to you with something, you're like, what the hell? Yeah, I'm very, <laughs> it, it takes a lot to, particularly random people who want to say things that they don't know. I don't ever buy into it. And yeah. to be honest, I don't read comments anyway, because <laughs> what's the point? I get notified if like people, like my friends comment to me or whatever, but I don't scroll through my comments because you're pretty good on DMs, though. I remember for a while I, do. There, I was I, like, wow, you're writing back to I literally write back this, to, almost, like to almost anyone. Anyone yeah. asks me a question, no matter what, I'll generally reply. Yeah. I mean, give or take. But, like, yeah, yeah. I do my best to not, you know, dismiss someone or, yeah. or be rude or whatever. Yeah. But mm. I don't engage in any form of crap like that because what's, mm. like, yeah, what's the point? People are talking with no idea of what they're talking about. And yeah. In particular, like just stupid jealous comments and stuff like that. I just mm. don't have time for it, so yeah. ig- ignore. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I was just ignore. curious. Yeah, and even from your side, Josh, curious as well. I mean, both of you are very good-looking people, okay? Josh, you, <laughs> you, you, you've both done very well for yourselves, <laughs> let me tell you. And I'm sure, and I, the reason why I'm saying that as well is that obviously Steph would get a lot of, um, you know, attention from the general public. She's beautiful. You similarly, Josh, are a good-looking guy. I'm sure you get attention for girls, yeah? So how do you both, like... Like, does that happen? And when that does happen, do you just have a giggle about it? Or, like, I'm just curious, like, what's it mm. like in your relationship when, it, when that comes up? Yeah, I'm um, I'm not a jealous type, so I've never, um, I mean, back in the day, probably more so when Steph was, like, a swimwear model. Mm. Everywhere I looked, there was a photo of Steph in bikini. And, yeah. I mean, particularly back then, that's when the comments were very um, male-heavy. <laughs> all about her appearance and her butt and all this stuff. Mm. It, ne- it never really bothered me. I mean, yeah, I'm not a jealous type. And also, too, like I said, I don't read into that stuff and engage in it. So it's not something – I mean, if someone was to say something in person to us that was like that, I would I would definitely be different. However, social media – well, I've never had a thing, you know, all our time where it's like bothered me. Yeah. No, the only time – so when we first started dating, we were probably going for about – dating for about a year Um And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we met when I was 12 and we started dating when I was 18. Um, And around the age of like 19, 20, I went to the States and Josh went traveling. So we were away from each other for quite a long time. Uh, Like I was, I was living overseas for almost um, like 10 months. Um, And for five solid months in a row, we didn't see each other at all, but we did long distance. Um, And the other months we kind of like, he might, come for the weekend because he was in a country nearby or whatever. Um, And there was a period there where I was a little bit jealous and I think it was just because, like, you you met some girls and then they, like, joined your trip and then they were doing some of the stops with you and stuff like that. And I was a bit like, 
Well, I wish I could just come to the trip with you. Like, well, I would love that. Um, so, like, I think, like, it's like with any relationship, I think jealousy can rear its head. Um, however, I think we've been so solid for so many years now. Um, and again, I, I just felt like from the moment I met him, he was going to be someone really important in my life. I actually remember one jealous moment. Oh, you do. You spoke of it last week when Leonardo tried to pick her up. In oh. <laughs> Who did? Leonardo. <laughs> DiCaprio. So I was, uh, oh that, that leveled me pretty quickly. I was like, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I remember actually, I remember when I told you, you were like, remember that conversation we had about um, hall passes? Hall passes? You're, you're not allowed any. Yeah, you don't get any in because yeah. this is now something you can achieve. Oh my God. So wait, where were you when Leonardo DiCaprio tried to pick you up? I was I was in LA and I was 19 years old. And oh yeah, my no, God. It was. Um, wow. Yeah, but it's, that's a pretty proud moment. <laughs> also for me too. Weirdly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, my favorite. My favorite was um, when I was living in New York. The next year, I um, I met Adrian Grenier. I don't know if I know if I'm saying his name right, but he was on Entourage, um, the actor. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Josh was obsessed with Entourage, and yeah. Adrian was trying to pick me up and I said no but then I was like but my boyfriend's obsessed with Entourage can I get a photo and he was like okay <laughs> um, again like a proud moment for both of you yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know I think it's, it's natural and it, and it comes up but I think the only times it's kind of reared its head is when there's something off balance a little bit in our relationship yeah. already and then you just yeah. know that it's not actually coming from a we trust each other so much. It's not coming from a trust thing. It's like coming from something else. Like we might've not got the attention that we are used to or something. And yes. And it triggered like some little bullshit trigger thing, but it's yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Um, I wrap up every conversation with this question. So I'll Mm -hmm. ask each of you, how has parenthood changed you as a person? Do you want me to go? Okay. I think that it's changed me for the better. I think it's made me a more um, conscious and empathetic person. I think because I feel like I've always had those um, traits, but I think because you have a little human sponge, particularly once they become a toddler, I've become so conscious of the way I talk, the way I act in front of him, just the, the way I am. I want to be a good role model for him. And it's made me really think about things in a different light and appreciate little things. Um, this is so such a random example, but I'll be walking down the street and I'll be like, oh, it's a red fire truck. Like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And there I never would have, yes. without Harvey even. Like, yeah, might not, I do that might not even be there. So yes. like, it's just made me like, slow down, appreciate the world, look at people differently, um, understand everyone comes from a different place, um, be a lot more open-minded and like all these things that I want him to be as a human, um, I think I'm trying to reflect and be myself. So I think he's just changed me for the better in so many ways. Mm. Love that. For me, it's um, it slowed me down. I'm, I was very... Um, like I've got to be doing things constantly. And I still am a lot like that. However, I'm just a lot more like process driven now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I've always been affectionate and nurturing and whatnot, but I don't know. I, I absolutely love my role and what I do with Harvey. I'm very lucky to do it. And I think now that he's older, and like I was saying earlier, getting getting back what you put in mm-hmm. to is the most rewarding part of all of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's changed me. Uh, uh, probably the main thing I would say is patience. Like yeah. If I was to, because <laughs> yes. I, I'm also very like solution driven. Like I need to, if I, if there's a problem, I need to fix it. Like whether it's phys- like a physical and thing I need to fix or fix, like fix it. I'm, I've, I've always been someone that comes to me with problems to mm-hmm. work through it. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's patience. Yeah. Like even today he, he cracked it cause he didn't want to eat his lunch and Josh literally had to stand up, walk out of the room and like, it almost sounded like he screamed into a pillow. Mm. And then like 30 seconds later, he returned back to the high chair and like kept going. But yeah, it's like, they test your patience and you can't always fix yeah. things for them. Yeah, you can't correct. Fix well, that's, that's, that's right. literally what I, what happened. I walked mm. away and I was like, have a breath and start again. Yes, Where yeah. if that was me two years ago when I was doing what I was doing, I would have flipped Done. the plate and nah. slammed the door <laughs> and got in Go my to car. Sleep without lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I would have left. Yeah. So. It's so true. Oh no, I love those answers. I know that you are both very busy people, so we will leave it there. But thank you so much again for your so for being so honest and real, guys. We really appreciate it. And thanks for thank joining you. us. No thank you thanks so for having much. us. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a rating or review and share it with your friends. Want to contribute to the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at Parenthood Pod and join our Facebook group. Until next time. Thanks for listening. The Parenthood Podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we produce on, the land of the Wurundjeri people. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging.